Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, episode number 46, Barriers to Effective Communication, which is brought to you by Audible.com, our sponsor. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals, and speeches. For all things spoken audio, it's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after our show this evening, and in the drop-down menu box on the right-hand side, please enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of our program, Undivided, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome into Undivided. We are live at 7 p.m. here on the East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. My guest tonight, Nadia Tenorio, is in Canada. May 15, 2019 is the date. And the disclaimer for tonight's program, the views of Undivided Episode number 46, Barriers to Effective Communication, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank Jimmy my special guest this evening, the aforementioned Nadia Tenorio, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So I hope you all have been well since we last uh, caught up with each other and connected. And I thank you to the listeners for the emails and for the direct messages on Twitter and all the different ways that you connect with me regarding our show with Jeannie Smith two weeks ago. And just like I was thinking and reflecting about it throughout my day today as we got through, you know, the Mother's Day weekend, and I hope for all the moms out there they had a great time, a relaxing weekend, or you got to spend some time with your mom or your grandma or all the above. And I was thinking about that as I was going through my day today. You know, a year ago we had Arlene Schneider and we had Maggie Stearns as the guests during the May programs, both moms, and we had uh, both mothers themselves, and we had conversations about family. And this time around, you know, Jeannie Smith's a mom and Nadia's a mom, so I thought it was really cool that we have two ladies, two real powerful women, uh, joining our program in the month of May, the month of Mary, the month of our Blessed Mother, and the month for moms. So, communication is the topic tonight, and the barriers there, too. Communication, as some of you know from listening to the show in the past, I have uh, a minor in communication from college. My uh, master, my master's, I'm sorry, my major was in political science. Uh, my minor was in communications, and uh, I wanted to go into broadcasting. I'd share that with, with the audience at another point. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. That was my dream from when I was a little kid. And uh, going through school and doing some things on the communication side, um, I have some experience with that, too. So I may jump in. I may lend some hands um, on some of the questions here tonight, but I'm in no way an expert like Nadia is on the subject. Uh, Knowing your audience is really key. I'm going to mention throughout the show tonight, I always have some stories I like to weave in, uh, but I was at a event for the uh, Monmouth County Chamber of Commerce, my local county here in New Jersey, um, a week ago today, a very large event, and uh, they talked about uh, different listening skills and knowing your audience and things of that nature, and I'll share some of of what went on throughout that event with the different uh, speeches at the keynote speech and things like that. Uh, Communication could be formal or informal. It's a lot different, like uh, I was saying, a week ago today, I was at a networking event that was very formal at times. 
So you could ever give a formal presentation or a workshop, or you may be just speaking informally to a friend as I was earlier this evening before I came on the air. I caught up with my best friend. Um, active listening is very important. We're going to discuss that tonight. That's a big thing in coaching. That's a big thing for businesses right now, a big principle uh, to effective communications. Uh, Nonverbal communication, which we've covered a little bit on this show at, at other points, your tone, your inflection, being articulate, also being empathetic and listening with empathy and also speaking persuasively. So here to guide us through that entire process um, here on the 15th of May as we are live at 7.04 is Nadia Tenorio. Nadia is a CPC that's a certified professional coach as I am, ELIMP as I am. Uh, so she's a life coach who works with individuals. Uh, she looks to help them uh, in the personal growth areas, targeting different, what do you desire, what are you passionate about? That's what she's into. Uh, Nadia has been a producer, writer, actress for a theater company in Toronto since 2005. Uh, she's got 30-plus years of experience in performing arts, teaching, directing, acting, all of this before she became a life coach. So I'm really, really blessed to have her on the program tonight to guide us tonight. She's also a founding member of the Toronto-based Allies in Tech, an organization created for allies who want to um, uh, gravitate towards the impact of, of women in the field of technology. Uh, as I mentioned before, Nadia is a wife and mother of two daughters. And so that's a very important part of her life is people finding their voice. As I've talked about on this show before, me being a writer having to find my voice in writing and poetry and things of that nature. So she's going to bring all that to the uh, table tonight. She's also a member of One Woman Canada. She participated in the 2019 Fearless Summit. So a lot about empowering women, excuse me, providing a place for each woman's story. So Nadia joins the program now. Nadia, welcome. Hi. Hi, Frank. Can you hear me okay? I'm fine. How are you today? I can hear you great. Can you hear me all right? Yes, cloud and clear. (laughs) Awesome. That is a very important thing, as I've said before, when you're doing a live show. So (laughs) um, that's uh, step one, as they would say. You know, getting out of bed is step one. This (laughs) hearing each other is step one. And that's a hard step sometimes. That is. That is, as we'll discuss tonight, with uh, effective communication. And a lot of people can learn from the effective communication and listening. Uh, Myself included sometimes. (laughs) But um, you'll get used to the delay. There is a slight delay. You'll get used to it as we roll along. And so now we're going to enter the portion of the program, and I'm so glad that you could be on with us tonight. Thank you for, for taking the time to be here and, and join our, our listening audience on this important topic. We're entering the divide segment, the first segment of our show. And in that segment, we look at the division, and you're right, in this case, the, the barrier to why people can't communicate. So I thought, you know, lowest common denominator stuff, what would effective communication look like and what specific traits would it be defined by? I was very curious about this. Yeah, well, th- first of all, Frank, thank you so much for allowing the opportunity for me to be on your show. And uh, I'm so blessed and so excited to be here and to share some of my 
my thoughts and some of my ideas and some of my knowledge. It really is a blessing when you can share a gift that you're passionate about. So thank you. Um, oh, in absolutely. Yes, yeah, thank So in terms of your question, um, I think, you know, one of the, the, the things that really um, – can block us or can, can, can become a barrier when we're uh, having communications with people is, um, well, there's a few things. There's, there's, there's this big concept of interpret, uh, interpretation. You know, um, this happens a lot, and most of us will, will find that it happens through text. You know, that's like a common, <laughs> it's almost like a funny thing when you text someone like, hey, how's it going? And they read, hey, how's it going? right? It's whatever interpretation <laughs> means, whatever your side of the story looks like, correct? Like I had someone who said to me, um, hey, are you hurrying up? Are you coming home? And I heard, why aren't you coming home? Hurry up. You know what I mean? Like even just like your, your mind just kind of plays tricks on you. And, and it's one person interprets it one way, the other person interprets it the other way. And that can really create some conflicts and barriers when you're trying to communicate. Um, so I think that's probably the the first one. The second one would be uh, because of the interpretation that we get, the language that we use is sometimes, um, it can be very effective or it can be very, very limiting. Um, I always, you know, I also, I, I tell my clients all the time, like our thoughts are dominated by our emotions or our, sorry, our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions basically create the results that in turn create the same thoughts. So I'll give you an example. If I'm running, for example, if I'm running late and I'm uh, nervous and I feel, I don't know, guilty because I just didn't, you know, get up at eight o'clock like I was supposed to and I'm running and I'm running, the emotion becomes then, you know, you know guilty and uh, ashamed, uh, maybe flustered, maybe nervous. And then what happens is you walk into your meeting, you're late, and you're dropping everything, you're clumsy, <laughs> you, you look unorganized, you look all of this, and then the thought becomes, great, I can't even make it to a meeting on time, right? So all that we just went through a cycle yeah. of how your thoughts, emotions, and results are so connected. They are, and that becomes, as you know, we know from energy leadership, which I've mm -hmm. delved in on one or two episodes of the show. We haven't really gone into it. There was one show I did, and I said I could spend, you know, four hours on the topic instead of an hour. That's uh, right. But that was the first show I really dove into the deep end of the energy leadership pool. Um, mm -hmm. And the ELI assessment, just to give some background to the listeners that may not know, the energy leadership index assessment is an attitudinal assessment that – uh, Nadia and I can uh, administer and or grade so like we can look at it and we can analyze the results if it had already been done. And the mm -hmm. ELI in the United States was uh, just named by Harvard University as one of the top three assessments to provide to a business to increase productivity. And it was also written up in the Wall Street Journal. So I've received personally some uh, I don't know what you have, how you would call it. Um, inquiries, I guess, would probably be the best thing. People have, have been reaching out to me, uh, mm -hmm. different clients maybe that I've knocked on their door in the past on the business side have contacted me about, hey, what about the ELI? That's a very, what Nadia is describing as a very catabolic scenario. You know, That's right. Very, very negative energy. 
and that mm-hmm. kind of can set the tone when you feel like, oh, I can't even do this right. How am I going to mm-hmm. execute a presentation? But say, um, right. <laughs> what you know? So we and we've all had days like that. And you know, I had one you know the other day. You know, and I'm <laughs> saying, man, I can't even do this or that. I can't get out of my own way today. And right. instead of thinking about it in in a more positive uh, energy and a more positive light. Uh, there's also roles that societal norms play. And I'm fascinated by this, and we, we've discussed this on the show before with, you know, the gender role show with Jenna Poneman, excuse me, and mm-hmm. um, with Tammy Danfield and the show that she came on with. What role do, do uh, societal norms play? So yeah. you know, society is uh, in creating barriers to that, to effective communication. Absolutely. I think uh, society plays a, a very important role when it comes to things like, uh, you know, assumptions and uh, maybe even limiting beliefs, right? We, we encounter uh, someone, um, I don't know, say from a different background, different ethnic background, or even, even a different uh, background professionally, right? You're, you're, for example, you're at, a, you're at a restaurant, you talk to a waitress or a server a lot differently than you would if you went into the bank, uh, than you would if you went into uh, your lawyer's office or your doctor's office, right? So it almost like, um, it almost creates a, like it sets a scene and it sets a tone. Right. Um, if you're speaking to someone uh, that, you know, perhaps in your views has a, 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 a lesser, I would want to say a lesser, lesser job. That's, that's not a, uh, but maybe, you know, in your views, uh, they're doing something that doesn't require a lot of education. Then, you know, some people feel like they have the right um, to talk to this person, maybe in a, in a manner that is not polite or civil. Um, so society plays a huge role in the way that it sets up kind of, it sets up the scene, you know, it sets up the scene. So you enter and then you start your communicating with the other person. It does. It, it, I've seen it myself recently. Um, you know, I had an interaction where I was in getting my haircut and, mm-hmm. you know, people came in and were, treating the people that work in this um, uh, essentially almost like a salon. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but um, you, you know, they tr- we're treating them very badly um, mm. and, and talking down to them. And I'm sitting there with uh, the gentleman who usually cuts my hair and I'm saying, man, you, you know, you guys have to deal with a lot of this stuff. And he says, hey, yeah. you know, thinks, you know, people think that, you know, just because this is what we do, we have a service, essentially like a service occupation that right. people think they could treat us, you know, a certain way. So that, that ties in directly to, you know, societal norms, which we'll delve into as we continue. We're going to take a short break. We're 15 minutes in. It goes by oh, fast, as I told Nadia when does. we were offline. <laughs> it does. It goes by it quick. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Okay. Thank you for um, staying with us here. Um, and for the audience, thank you for um, – uh, for your participation as well. I'll be checking the emails as we go through the emails, undivided show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W, gmail.com. Undivided episode number 46, Barriers to Effective Communication. We'll be back in a moment. First, some upcoming show promotion 
on the Life Coach Radio Network. Replenish Me, that's Replenish Me is the series. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Again, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Wednesday, the May 22nd is her next episode. That's one week from tonight, believe it or not. 7 p.m. Eastern live on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Replenish Me, long-running series here on the networks. Uh, Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Wednesday, the 22nd of May, live at 7 p.m., one week from tonight, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. So please check out Cordelia's site or the Life Coach Radio Network site and check out some of her more recent episodes. They're really interesting. Let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Go to the website and enter your zip code to donate to your local community. Or as we've said on the show in the past, Google the poorest zip codes in your state and donate to those who are in desperate need. And we welcome you back to Undivided, Episode 46, Barriers to Effective Communication. I'm your host, Frank Jimberry. Nadia Tenorio with us this evening. And before we went to the short break at 15 minutes, had a gender roles. So now I'm going to go to gender roles as I covered a little bit before, or cultural beliefs impact effective communication. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's really important to acknowledge that, that there is a difference uh, when, you know, you are, speaking to a woman and then you're speaking to a man. Um, I know from having uh, my daughters, um, you know, having to introduce language to them. I have two younger daughters and having to do introduce language, uh, you know, as in, um, for example, uh, you know, if they're speaking to, to someone who is, uh, if, if they're in school and somebody says, oh, here, come here, come this way, just because they're of authority figure and they're male, it does not mean that, yes, they can follow this person. Or if it was a female, you know, there's, there's got to be some communication. So I've given them, for example, you know, little tips like, okay, well, what, what would you say? Well, where was my mom? Or where's my teacher? Where's someone that I know? And, and, and that the key to telling them it is your right to be able to question why is this person speaking to you? It is your right to find out. And it is also your right to walk away. Um, because I think for children, for example, you know, they think, oh, it's a mom, it's somebody's mom. <laughs> they look at someone at school and, oh, it's somebody's mom, everything's going to be okay. Um, but that, that is, is not necessarily true. Um, I also find is that, you know, speaking to men and women, um, even in a work case scenario, it, uh, it's quite different. We, we, we know that we use different languages. We, we, we as women, sometimes, you know, we, we kind of like want to fluff everything up a bit you know whereas men are go, go right to the right to the point and that, that's the, the general consensus anyway um i'm not sure if if i 100 percent agree with that uh but that is uh that is the consensus what do you think frank that i i think you raised a good point there in you know we've talked about that on previous shows like um with Tammy Banfield and with Jeannie Smith, even two weeks ago, Tammy Banfield was way back in the, in the mm-hmm. back in the day, as I would say, you know, how, you know, women can act well one way at work 
and she's the B word and a guy as well. He's mm-hmm. a real take charge kind of guy, or he cuts right to the, to the heart of the situation, you know, without, mm-hmm. you know, fooling around, let's say, and culturally. So I think, you know, the workplace side, there's the gender lens is on. And like you said before, uh, you know, our, ter- our interpretations are all that lens in which we view the world, which we've spoken about on the show at, at length at points, but it is a very real thing. You know, mm-hmm. I interpret a text from someone maybe in, in, even in my family that maybe I'm having a hard time with and I see a text from them and I immediately interpret it and get defensive. That's and right. And if a friend sends me the same kind of text, I read it. I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. He was just, you know, seeing what time I could be there, but what time can you be there? I think of it as okay. what time can you be there? Or when are you getting here? All those here? texts, you, you know. know. <laughs> uh, oh, they could get you in a lot of trouble. I remember McDonald's right, did right a thing in the U.S. Uh, uh-huh. You know, the McDonald's did a whole commercial campaign in the U.S. about texting and, yeah. you know, meeting up at McDonald's and saying, instead of texting and, and bringing food to somebody, because it was all this miscommunication by text, yeah. Why don't you meet at the restaurant and actually do it person to person? It was one of those things. It was really cool. I really liked That's the campaign. Cool. A, little pl- <laughs> a little plug for McDonald's is if they need more help, you know, selling <laughs> hamburgers. Uh, but it's true. It's, uh, you know, I've seen it culturally in, mm-hmm. you know, some work that I've done where people, you know, are, uh, I'm speaking with somebody and, the woman is in kind of like a more diminutive kind of background role and yeah. we'll be in a meeting or we'll be in a presentation or we'll be in something else. And well, you know what, what do you think? Or I'll ask, you know, the line level employee or the secretary that's taking the notes of the admin, whatever you want to call them, that's mm-hmm. taking the notes of the meeting. And I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, what do you think about it? And they're like me. And I'm like, yeah, you're a person, aren't you? Like, what do you think about this? Right. And they're like, wow, you know, somebody empowered me. Somebody reached out to me. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, that's huge, you know, culturally. Absolutely. No, and what I was going to say is, um, in fact, one of the reasons why um, the organization that I, that I, that I, uh, I am a member, um, I am a member of the Allies in Tech um, started off as, as that, a women's group. Um, now it became an allies in tech, so we're like integrating men if they want to come in and join. Anyone that can, you know, can ally get with us. Um, and a lot of the uh, the talk at the very very beginning was that that you know there were we, we were all women and we all most of us have come from a either a sales background or some sort of um, you know uh, front of the house kind of uh, role and there was a lot of miscommunication, right? You go and you have a, a drinks with a client and um, where does, where do you draw, where do they, so where do we draw the line of, okay, I need to make the sale. This is part of my job. I'm entertaining you, but there's nothing more. If this was a two guys having a conversation, having drinks, they wouldn't, you know, the idea of is this going anywhere else would never come up, right? So they even just, being able to have a communication between a stranger male who is, you know, a prospect and a female who is a salesperson. There's, there's so much intricacy that goes into that relationship. So it doesn't fall into anybody's interpretation of what may be happening other than this is a business meeting, 
right? Or this is a business call. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the, the, the ways where the gender issue comes up in, in, uh, at, work, at the workplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's something we'll, we'll definitely be uh, delving in, in in a little bit. Um, I mentioned getting texts from family. Why are family dynamics for so many people a huge struggle when it comes to communication? Oh, that is a very, very good question. Um, I think it has to do with a lot of the history that goes between a family member and another, so A and B. Um, you know, there, there's so much that has gone down. Um, for example, like you said, if this was a buddy, a stranger, you, you kind of almost go to the, oh, maybe they're having a bad day. That's okay. But if it's, you know, your sister or your brother texting you, are like, why does this person always have to be, like, rude to me? Why does this person always have to be mean to me? Or, like, why can this person just answer a direct question? Why do I have to get the run? So it's always the why does this always happen? All these assumptions, you know, like, because it's happened before. And the part of having, so like, a relationship and a history with this person comes to mind as soon as you're having a conversation with them. When really, they could literally just be having a bad day because they're human beings. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've shared on the show before that, um, you know, a uh, uh, priest that I know will say, you know, you automatically have the guns. You know, the guns are drawn yeah. when it when it comes to family based on, you know, there's so much history there. and There's so much that goes on. And, you know, different people will say to me, well, uh, or they'll share with me, well, I was the youngest and everyone still treats me like a kid. Or they kids still look at me as I'm like the baby, quote, unquote, quote, of the family. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always said, well, you know, I'm the middle child, so that's why I'm a rebel or that, you know, that I'm off doing my own thing and everyone kind of writes me off. And right. so you hear this, you say, wow, there's, there's so much uh, non-validation going on. Like everyone feels like their, their feelings are so unvalidated and mm-hmm. the communication doesn't go anywhere. Um, what causes people, so almost like the flip side question is then, mm-hmm. and we're going to go back to family in a little bit, but what causes mm-hmm. most people to effectively and authentically, here's the word authentically that everyone's been, been you know, jumping on the bandwagon and we have mm-hmm. on this show too, authentically <laughs> communicate at work <laughs> or with clients or colleagues, but we fail to do so with our close friends, or even with our manager or supervisor. Yeah. So, sorry, could you repeat the, the first part of the question? I, I... That's okay. So what causes most people to effectively and authentically oh. communicate at work, like with oh. their clients or colleagues, like people almost on the same level, but with their oh. close friends? I know people that, you know, they're oh. great with me and I'm their, their colleague or their client, yeah. and they're terrible with their friends or their manager. Yeah, I think um, I think this comes down to um, clarity and intention. So when I'm going into a business call, or I'm talking to a client, or talking to a prospect, you know, a client or whatever, I have an intention in my mind. I know exactly what's going to happen, and also there is that desire that this person is going to almost like like me or accept what I'm giving them 
right? So there's like that clear expectation, that clear intention in what I'm doing. So the communication is effective because everything in my head is clear or every in your head is clear about what needs to happen. There's certain defined rules. I go to the bank, I take out money, I give the teller my card, I take out the money, I say, thank you politely. Is there anything else? No, ma'am. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I'm out, right? I got what I wanted. When it comes to family, like you mentioned, there's these, these roles that we play. There's these assumptions that we have. And there's also, I find it that there's a sense of comfort. So in a way, we can get away with telling our significant other, you know, I don't know, it, it, it respond to them in a mean way. <laughs> because we know in the end they're going to be home when we get home. <laughs> We're going to work through it. Right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. My mom, when I was a teenager and I used to, you know, I, I hate you, slam the door. She'd yell at me, I know you really love me. That's why you're telling me that because you're comfortable with me. And I would, it was just, it would drive me crazy, right? <laughs> I wanted her to get angry, but she just, she wouldn't let that, uh, she wouldn't let my my attitude affect her right she's like I know you love me you're so comfortable with me that's why you're telling me you hate me (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think that that's you know there's two two different relationships right the one you're very clear very specific it's a needs-based um you're very clear on what your rules are when it comes to family. I mean, you know, uh, uh, two spouses, you know, they're sharing the family work, they're sharing, uh, making the money for the family, they're sharing everything. It's, it's hard, right? Sometimes you just want someone to do everything for you. Sometimes you just don't have the energy. And then how do you effectively communicate that to the person? Well, you literally have to speak, but you assume that this person is going to just be like, Oh, my wife is tired. I'm just going to make dinner and make everything for her. But it doesn't really happen because he's just as tired and he's expecting you. You know, there's so many expectations that are just not realistic, I would say. What a great answer and I think a very (laughs) effective one for the audience. And, you know, we're right on 730, so you're a pro. We hit hit it right on the button. You should have have your own podcast. Well, there you go. That's an idea. Exactly. Look at that. What a great idea. See, like, you know, we say, well, we have all these struggles in effectively communicating with family and effectively with anyone. But whenever Nadia talks to me, she just laughs the whole time. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm the funniest guy that I know. It's you are. Laugh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the funniest guy that I know. There, there we have that. It does go by quick. Uh, we're, we're at the midpoint of the show break and all, and all uh Oh, that is funny. Uh, <laughs> Barriers to, to Effective Communication, the comedy edition. We'll be back in a, in a moment. <laughs> uh, but first, some promotions here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. Money Magic. That's Money Magic. Gold Khan is the host. The second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. Gold, as you know, does the show, or maybe you don't know, does the show live from London. It's all about different financial matters, the role of money in your life, uh, how it should be of, of lesser importance if it's something that is, you know, something that dominates your life. So it talks all about different financial matters. What's the role of money? What do you want money to be? What's the value of that and why? So fascinating show. 
the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month, 4 p.m. Eastern time, because she does this show live from London. So figure out your time zone from there. And that's on the Life Coach chat channel. So Money Magic Goldcon, second and fourth Tuesday in the month, 4 p.m. Eastern, Life Coach chat channel. Erica Wiederlight, Erica Wiederlight, Mondays twice a month, 11.30 a.m. live on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Erica Wiederlight. Remember, she had a long-running show, took a hiatus, has been back. You could go to her website, that's weavelight.com, for more information on Erica and her practice and her show. That's Erica Wiederlight, weavelight.com, live on the Life Coach chat channel. And speaking of being the light while someone is in darkness, if you or someone that you know, as we're here in in the United States, um, uh, the month of May is also Mental Illness Month, National Mental Illness Month. If you or someone you know or love is down, is depressed, is in a dark place, is dealing with some anxiety, is not communicating at all. Forget about effective communication. Mm-hmm. Become closed off, right? Become closed down. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They remind you that you matter. 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 800-273-8255. Please Call the number if you're dealing with anything, if you're having thoughts of hurting yourself. Please, in all seriousness, give them a call. Professionals are waiting. Every life is important, and every life is created by God with a purpose. You matter. I know it seems hard. I've been down and out myself before it gets better. Please call the number, 800-273-8255. www.samaritanspurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org, great organization. Or you can call them, 828-262-1980. Let's give to some people in need in the developing world through that organization. And we're back here on Undivided. I'm going to open the phone lines as we bridge to the next part of our show, the Bridging the Divide segment. So I'm going to open the phone lines now, 646-716-9397. That's 646-716. 9397 if you have a question or comment for Nadia or myself or you have a question about effectively communicating with family you can DM me on Twitter or as the young people say DM me dude you DM it <laughs> at F-N-A-D-U-R-I I received some direct messages recently from our last show or you can email us as I said before undivided show it's undivided S-H-O-W at gmail.com I check all these things throughout the show my Twitter account uh, the email account, the phone lines. So please call in and if you have any questions, comments, concerns that we can address in this very important topic area. So, Nadia, as we come back to our show here, the Bridging the Divide segment, the next segment of our show, I always ask a big question here to transition us. So the question tonight is long, so bear with me. Okay. How do we bridge the divide? Okay, we're ready. How do we bridge the divide? between those who have no awareness that they have a communication problem. I know people that fit in that category as an aside. Those (laughs) who keep trying unsuccessfully to navigate the barriers of effective communication. Okay. That's the second group. Those who quote unquote buy in to the traditional beliefs that we talked about before, i.e. women and children should be in the background. They should be seen and not heard type of deal. You know, it hates me, it pains me to even say that, but that's, I know people like that. 
and those that are apathetic to try and change their communication because, ah, what's the point, quote, unquote. So that's the question. If you need me to repeat it to you, I will. Um, okay, so the first part, I guess, would be um, about how do we help someone, um, you know, who doesn't have any consciousness that they, they have barriers to communicate. Um, you know, exactly. it's funny. It's funny because you only know what you know, <laughs> and you can only go by what you know. Um, but it doesn't mean that you, as a friend or as a family member, that you can't be uh, empathetic to that, right? So th this calls a lot more to the work that we can do ourselves, not that we can do to the other person. So as a person, if I know that I am speaking to uh, a person who has absolutely no consciousness, that they, they don't know how to communicate, they don't want to communicate, they are just on an island all to themselves, the job then becomes for me to become empathetic and meet them at their level. I can, I can offer, hey, Bob, for example, it, it, would, it would really be important, it would really matter to me if you would just listen to my point of view or hey Bob it would really mean something if I could just have your attention and just let me finish what I'm saying that person can either take it or not take it but the job is for you not for the other person not for you to affect the other person but the job becomes for you to be empathetic to where they're at okay um, and then try to find ways that you can then communicate effectively with them. I had a coworker who um, did not get along with anybody, did not get along with anybody. And uh, I ended up where I was the one who ended up working with him the most. And all I did was started to talk to him about myself, started to open up to him. And I started to help him do jobs that he didn't like doing and said, hey, so I did this for you. I did this for us. I hope that's okay. Then he started to take notice. And that all I, and then after I found out that what it was is that he felt like he was alone and no one understood him. So the minute that I started opening up my doors and I started doing something to help me in our job together, he was like, okay, so maybe we are part of a team. Okay, cool. So that's one way of looking at that. Um, the second part, I believe, is something about some people. Can you just repeat maybe the second part? Just I don't want to get this wrong. Absolutely. I understand totally. Um, mm -hmm. Those who keep trying unsuccessfully to navigate barriers around communication. Yeah. So I don't believe that you can try something and be unsuccessful. I believe that you are just trying different tactics. Right. So what one has to think about is um, perhaps getting ideas somewhere else, uh, maybe getting a, a coach that would help you um, unravel some of the stuff that you're getting stuck on. Because I don't think that if you keep trying and keep trying, you try, you try, you keep failing. I don't believe that. I, I think that changing tactics is what sometimes is needed. And sometimes I'll go back to this. We only know what we know. So if you only have in your tool belt five things and five different tools and you've exhausted those five belts or five tools rather, then perhaps it's time to say, okay, well, 
I can continue to try to pick away at this with my five tools, or I can see, go to Home Depot or whatever. <laughs> maybe there's a different tool belt that I'm not using, or maybe there's a different tool that I just don't know about, you know, but the idea again comes to the person doing the job. Like what can I do to make the situation better? Um, and the other, the third part was about um, the buy-in for this, traditional beliefs. Yeah, the cultural yeah. beliefs. Yeah. So this is this is very tricky um, because you know it comes down to the person's belief that a woman should only, you know, she's pretty, so she she'll be kind of successful. Um, the kids should not be heard or should be seen, not heard. They don't have an opinion, um, or, you know, or the stereotypes like, you know, get your trophy wife because that's, you know, what matter. All, all these really awful stereotypical things. Um, it becomes a little bit more challenging when you're dealing with someone like that because they have these uh, preconceived ideas. Um, challenging them on those ideas um, can sometimes be productive. Uh, in destabilizing for that person. But again, I wouldn't put myself in the situation where I would just attack someone. Um, I think the key to communication, and I say this to, to everyone that I talk to, is empathy. It's putting yourself in those situations. If you were this person, if you had had the upbringing that this person had, where perhaps that's what they were taught and that's the only thing that they know, then what they say gets rated in my book of how important is this? Because where is it actually coming from? Whom is it actually coming from? With what background is it actually coming from, right? Um, all you can really do is offer the advice of, hey, you know, that's not necessarily true. Look at all these women who are amazingly successful uh, in life and entrepreneurs. I am surrounded by so many women in my life who are powerful, empowering, like successful, energetic, you know, magnetizing. Um, but that's not exactly their experience. So how do we deal with that is, again, you work on yourself. You work on what you can you, what you can give to that um, circumstance, to that person, what you can offer to that person. And then remember where it's coming from. This person has their beliefs. You can challenge it or you can let them be, but you can't change them unless they actually want to be changed. Um, and then the last one was, what was Those it? Those are apathetic. Why should, why should I, uh, they're apathetic. So why should I try and change? Because what's the point? Yeah, that's a funny group. Yeah, and you know, it just, it takes me back to my first example with the coworker where it, that was the attitude of this person. It was very apathetic, this like, nope, this is, this, I've been here longer, I don't care, yada, yada, yada. Um, and again, it's about the work is for yourself. It's how do you get more clarity about what you want? How do you change the circumstances around it? How do you, because you know what, the reason why most people are closed off um, and shy and maybe not even shy, but just a bit arrogant sometimes it's their own insecurities. It's their own, um, issues that they're dealing with. So if you are the kind of person who, um, can be empathetic to that and you open up some trust to that person who is, who is very, you know, cold and aggressive and whatever, you can go a long way. 
in because it's it's about building trust relationships communications it's about trust right i mean you have the people surrounding you because you trust them to a certain degree you want them in your life they are mirroring something um, in your life they are they are satisfying something in your life so there's a reason why this person this very apathetic person is in your life perhaps they're mirroring something about yourself perhaps they need in some way that you know for you to do the first the first move in creating uh, some level of trust so that this person can open up I have done it I have helped people do it so it's totally doable but the work starts with ourselves that's what I think that's a very good point you know that's a those are all excellent points and so that, and thank you because I know that was a big question and it kind of it takes it shifts the show to a to a different you know uh, trajectory if you will that we'll <laughs> explore now in this segment but you, you know I've been in similar situations in a variety of different roles that I've had um, I'll pick people for a team let's say to uh, do something whether it's a sales project or uh, marketing or whatever it is. And they'll say, oh, you know, you you uh, asked all these people that you know. Well, what do you think? I'm going to ask people I don't know? So, you know, <laughs> getting back to your point, you know, you have built trust with these people. I know them. I've worked with them before. I trust that they're going to do a good job. What am I going to step into the unknown with somebody I've never worked with and have more problems than I need on a project that needs to be done in a short amount of time? Of course you're going to ask people you know, that you know and that you trust and that you've built that relationship with, you know that you can communicate effectively with to do it. Mm-hmm. How can we shift the perception? Right. Like, how can we shift the perception that takes place when so many people struggle to articulate their message or they edit themselves in an unauthentic way so they're being unauthentic with themselves in order to conform to societal pressures? Yeah, I think that comes a lot with um, the authenticity that one finds comes a lot with the confidence, you know, the confidence that you have. Um, and, I, and I go back to, to this idea where, like, I believe that everyone has a voice and everyone has a voice and they have a message to, to say and to give. Now, it may mean that your voice and your message doesn't res- you know, particularly resonate with, with me. And so I'm not really going to care and I'm going to move on to something else. But the idea is that everyone has something that they that they want to share and they want to want to uh, they want to share and they and they have a right to to, to share and to, to give. Um, but I feel that a lot of us get so ca- caught up in the what are they going to say or um, you know oh I've done this before I hate talking in front of people and I'm just going to screw up and I'm just going to be so nervous and blah blah blah. So then the fears kind of start to uh we start giving giving our fears and our doubts room in our heads right and one of the one of the exercises mm-hmm. that I try to do when when these things happen is um and it's such a simple thing and it's so powerful is um and I do this for time management when I have so many things that I need to get done I do like a brain download like I you know, get the groceries go this da, 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 da. I write it all down in paper and pen I do the same thing when I'm nervous. 
And when I'm about to do something that I am not comfortable with, I'm nervous. I'm going to screw up. English is my second language. Um, maybe something will come out that I'll do grammatically wrong. Maybe my jokes won't land properly. Blah, blah. And I write everything, everything down. And then what happens is the stuff in my head is no longer in my head. It's now on a piece of paper. Right? So it's landed somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's anchored somewhere that is not, no longer inside of me. Now, it doesn't mean that this is not going to pop up again. But what happens is there's a, there's a sigh of relief and a calmness, calmness when that happens, right? Because it's no longer occupying this, 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 this endless void of like stories and, and things and, and critici- crit- critical thoughts that you're having about yourself. They're now on paper. And sometimes you can even laugh about that. Oh, my God, am I, really, am I really going to like drool while I'm talking? That's kind of impossible, right? But this could be an actual fear that you were thinking five minutes ago that this was going to happen. So it's trying to find some effective exercises where you can relax and calm yourself down. And you can, I mean, seriously, you can do anything that you want, anything. Sometimes you just need to find little tricks, little exercises. And and that's why we're here. That's why I'm here, you know, to help guide and, and make sure that you have all the tools that you need in order to to be your authentic self and to give your message to send your message we want to know what your message is it's important like you said we're all children of god like there's a reason why you're here maybe i need to hear your story maybe not 25 million people don't need to hear your story but maybe i do right exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and you know i just want to backtrack a second and nadia saying you know english is not her first language (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it could could have fooled me because, you know, she speaks it better than some of the people I know. And for people out there that are listening that know me, what a zing that is. Um, poetry. I talked to someone over the phone about poetry. And they had – I watched this whole thing because I write poetry myself. As some mm-hmm. people may or may not know, I have a poetry book on Amazon um, right now. Um, wow. Yes, The Promise of Tomorrow is the title by yours truly. Okay. I'm going to look that plug up. That is. <laughs> what a shameless plug. Just like it's you had a great good. shameless plug for coaching before, by the way. Exactly. Um, yeah, you kind of worked that in there. I like that. That was very professional. <laughs> uh, but poetry is so this whole thing where poetry is so cathartic for people. Mm-hmm. And I find that myself, but they found more and more that people when when you write out poetry even if you can't rhyme or can't do rhyming verse even if you just free write right mm-hmm. it's so now there's these organizations that want to bring the ability of poetry to everyone regardless of their age their economic status their culture or whatever they want to allow them to write poetry i was talking to somebody about this the other day by phone and mm. So when you were talking about writing it out, it triggered that for me. And they said mm-hmm. that they found that. So people are, are hung up. They have anxiety as we're talking about being, you know, National mm-hmm. Mental Illness Month. It was helpful to people to write what they were feeling. It's helpful for me when I do what I feel better. It's like a download, as you said. I, like, mm-hmm. I download it onto a piece of paper. What am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling really lonely today. I'm going to download that onto a piece of paper. And other people connect with that. It resonates with them because it's part of the human condition and we're all there together. How can an emphasis on active listening, which I mentioned in the show intro, Mm -hmm. 
How can an emphasis on active listening, the art of listening, be implemented in a society that's filled with noise? Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a very good question. You know, I uh, I think that um, I think that we even nowadays with children, you know, you, like you go to a restaurant and you, you you in order to get them to sit down and be quiet, you put a screen in front of them. And I I am a parent. I am not judging. You do what you got to do to have your yourself a nice meal. <laughs> I understand. Um, so, Hey, you know, I, I don't like criticizing parents because, uh, <laughs> I've been there with young children and it's just like, you don't understand. I haven't had a hot meal in like five years. So I get it. Um, but it's really just about, um, habits, creating habits where we have moments of quiet and just, you know, the dinner table is a great example of how, you know, if you have the opportunity to sit down at a dinner table with our kids, and we do that um, with our kids, we sit down at the dinner table, we're busy all day, but we sit down at the dinner table, and we talk, how was your day? How was your day? This, this, and that. I went to a field trip. <clears throat> we do all that kind of stuff, because not only are we telling the kids we're listening to you, but we want to communicate to you, and also we know what's going on with the family, and also, most importantly, is socialization, right? So, like, we're teaching them how to be in a setting where they have to talk to other people. Um, so ha- finding the time. So that's a habit that you build into your life. Having a habit of maybe you know not having the TV on for an, an hour. Actually, my kids came up with that yesterday, which I thought was crazy. I have a almost twelve year old and an eight year old, and they're like, "Mom, we're gonna like maybe you should like uh, do TV for like only two hours uh, or an hour or something like that, and then we should just read or paint or whatever." I was like. All right. <laughs> you know, but wow, interesting. I know I was impressed, but I think it comes from their own need to having some sort of peace and calmness and hearing their thoughts. And maybe perhaps I don't want to toot my own horn, but maybe it comes from the fact that, you know, my husband and I sit down with them and we talk and we listen. And so there's that need to just interact and not be on the on the phone, on the computer, or watching TV. And don't get me wrong, Friday nights we order pizza and we watch TV movies. That's just like the thing. But that's a tradition, right? So it's like picking your moments of being able to incorporate habits of, of quiet time, of thinking time, of, you know, even breathing techniques. Like when my kids can't sleep, I'm going to just breathe and think of happy thoughts and visioning and, and you know, all of that law of attraction stuff. I'm sure everyone's familiar with that kind of stuff is, you know, using your imagination. It is the greatest gift, our imagination, our brain. It's like the most powerful computer we could ever have, right? So how we use mm-hmm. it with our thoughts and creating our emotions and creating our results and then being able to learn and develop and, and having some, you know, corporate habits. I mean, this is all doable stuff. This is something that we can do starting today, you know? So I'm not even sure if I did answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you did. Absolutely. Uh, Because it it ties back to, (laughs) it's pretty funny. As I'm going through this, I don't know if I actually answered the question. Uh, but it's a great dialogue, and no, you you yeah. tied it back in in <laughs> in all seriousness to to the noise. And I have a couple right. of examples. I know I I had mentioned yeah. earlier in the show open, you know, the think tank event is what it was called. 
the um, event that the uh, county, Monmouth County Chamber of Commerce, the Regional Chamber of Commerce had in uh, my county is Monmouth County in New Jersey. And uh, it was in the county uh, seat, if you will, of uh, a place called Freehold, New Jersey. Some people may be aware in, uh, in the United States, maybe uh, you know, certainly in New Jersey. Um, and they had a, this big venue. The venue was actually really nice. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm there, and it's my first time at one of these types of events. And they are talking about in both the keynote speech and in the, some of the breakout seminars that I went to that I felt were quite helpful about active listening. Mm-hmm. And about if you're with a, uh, a person that day and you're trying to network, because it was you know, a big networking event, and you're giving them your business card, you want to tell them your story, mm. the best value you can have is to shut up and listen. And they were very, mm. you know, bottom line. The keynote speaker was really bottom line, really straightforward kind of guy who was a businessman. And he's like, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? <laughs> and if you take the time, right? You like this? Um, yeah. <laughs> if you take the time to actively listen to another person, because mm-hmm. no one wants to hear about you, they want to talk about themselves. And it, <laughs> it might sound blunt, but it's true, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so if you listen to them, and so you challenge everyone to meet the people that were in the room throughout the day, and it was very hard. It was very hard to do that, to just. Even for me, I'm an outgoing person. It was kind of awkward in the event, like people are talking and interrupt their conversation. But I tried it. You know, I asked them a lot about what they did. You know, this one guy was an insurance salesman. I didn't need insurance. I was waiting for him to pitch me insurance. He didn't, to his credit. It was more about, you know, what he was trying to do to build his own practice with New York Life. I'm getting a little pop. But um, I listened to him. And then yeah. he asked me what I did, and I gave him, you know, my elevator pitch, the brief one, yeah. and, and about coaching and, and you know, what, how I try and help people uh, mm-hmm. with leadership and personal development and things of that nature, and, and maybe career change to, you know, helping them transition careers. Mm-hmm. So they talked a lot about active listening and the art of listening, and instead of being the one that's always talking all, all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other side to this was the the – Duke University study about how the brain needs quiet to think. So mm. at my full-time job, I'll sit in the break room that we have and I'll sit on my lunch. And if I'm by myself or there's one or two other people in there, uh, there's a big TV in this room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's on and no one's paying attention to it. It's just on. It's like the noise that's always kind of there. And sometimes it's off. If I go in there and it's off, I don't turn it on. I don't need it. I don't need noise. I actually prefer the quiet. And then someone will burst through the door as I'm there. And the only time I may have, you know, the whole day and say, oh, it's too quiet in here and start, you know, talking with the other person or and then putting on the TV and doing all this stuff without any kind of inclination that the other person is there talking about, you know, effectively communicating with coworkers. Right? Yeah. Those are, that, those are some stories about, because they need the noise. Do you mind if I turn yeah. the TV on? I can't be in a room without it. And I'm like, yeah. you know, maybe we should explore that a little bit. You know? <laughs> but they, right. I put my coaching yeah. hat on. They don't want to hear yeah. that. They don't want to talk about that. They're like, oh, I just want to watch you know, Rick and Morty. 
Yeah. You know, I, I watch Judas <laughs> Priest. I watch Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the role of coaching? So at this point in the show, we always kind of circle back to that. Mm-hmm. What is the role of coaching in helping a client to communicate more authentically and effectively? Well, the way that I that I I establish my my practice is I I try to um, well, first of all, it depends on what they want exactly, specifically. But so often it's about um, gaining three things, um, clarity on what it is that they're, you know, their specific strategy or their specific goal or their specific, you know, message that they want to get. Finding the intention, which this could be in the means of, of the language that they use, the emotions that have to be maybe taken apart or, or, or um, you know, maybe just even like being able to emp- uh, empathize with the other person, like kind of like te- the, the techniques of it. Um, and finally, the confidence, the confidence to just go out there and say exactly what it is that you need, exactly what it is that you want. Um, so it's those three things, clarity, intention, and confidence in everything that you do, whether it's uh, communicating with your loved one, communicating in your family, raising your children, um, you know, time management, oh my gosh, anything, you name it. If we don't know what we're doing, we really don't know how we're going to do it, and then there's no way that we're going to be 100% sure and confident about what we're doing. <laughs> so first start with that. So that's where coaching comes in, right? Trying to find, sometimes we, like we said, we're so filled with so much noise all the time. And, you know, we, we, we feel overwhelmed. And the example that you said about turning on the TV because it's too quiet, that's the time when there's so much noise in your head that you almost want the TV noise to drown the noise in your head. But if you're a little bit courageous, it's that time when you can say, okay, what's happening up here? What is it that I'm trying to, what is it that the world, life, brain, whatever, my thoughts are trying to say to me? That's when the moment of Hello? Nadia, I think I lost you. I think we might have lost Nadia. Uh, Yes, um, that she just dropped off my board. I apologize, guys. She must have had maybe an interruption in service up there. Um, uh, She just dropped off the show. We'll probably get her up uh, again in a minute. Uh, Nadia was talking about the role of coaching. And the role of coaching for me is to talk to the person about this lens, you know, the lens in which we see the world. It really sets the intention and sets the tone for every interaction that we have. Uh, the perception in which, you know, we see other people and, and view other people is from our interpretations, our assumptions, of prior interactions with those people or maybe information that we heard about that person. Uh, That person has said, um, you know, uh, X about you and you didn't really clarify it with that person. You don't know that. And, um, you know, that's the situation uh, that's going on. So in your head, you already are defensive. 
as I said before, you have your defenses up when you're with someone in your family and, uh, you know, a family member that you have a lot of history with, uh, that, that becomes a, a tremendous challenge that coaching can help you with. Nadia, are you back? Hi. Uh, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what happened. I apologize for that, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. When I realized I was letting you talk to them when there was some dead air, I'm like, uh-oh, I think there's no one there. Oh. Um, we had a, we had a little bit of a blip, um, a couple of weeks ago with Jeannie, a slight, uh, little blip, uh, in, so, we, you know, we'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about how in coaching, I would challenge their lens and challenge their interpretations. Mm-hmm. So when you were gone, I kind of picked up where you had, had left off and saying that, you know, we, you might think because you heard you are either have an assumption or an interpretation. Maybe you heard so much mm-hmm. what work said this about you, but you never actually heard them say it. So now That's you right. have your defenses up. But we as coaches would say, well, how do you know that if you mm-hmm. haven't actually talked to the person about it? Maybe there's another side to this story. Have you ever considered that? So we're, mm-hmm. we're only asking questions so that we uncover that within within the client. So now I'll let you get back if you remember where you were as far as the role of coaching, and then we can uh, take it from there. I don't exactly know where I was, to be quite honest. But, yeah, just to even just reiterate what you said about challenging, um, a lot of the times, you know, the faulty, uh, the, the, the fault in the communication becomes, as you said, about interpretations and assumptions or, 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 or even just believes that, you know, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. Like, you know, they're never going to promote me. I'm a woman. Like, this guy has, like, an MBA and so-and-so. I, I'm just, just been working in a company for 50 years, right? So it's challenging those assumptions, and it's kind of gaining the confidence, again, you know, kind of figuring out, okay, you no, know, come on, like, get some clarity around this, get, get, work out a plan, and then as you do that, you gain the confidence to effectively, you know, so effectively, what's the word, um, use that plan to, to get what you want, or at least to, to get the, the information, right? Like if we're based, if we're working on the basis of what someone said and what someone might have done, must have, or did in the past, then, then we're really not working with facts here, right? So, yeah, I love that, that what you said about challenging them um, on their own ideas about what is actually happening. Um, and then giving some, some tools and strategies on how to work on yourself and, and be more effective at work and a, a great leader, you know, and all of that stuff that they might be looking for. I love coaching. That's why I love coaching because it's just like every time I have, I have a coach myself because I believe in like, I believe in coaching so much that I have a coach. And then every time I come out of my coach, I'm like, I love my coach. <laughs> like, oh, oh, nice. I knew that. Yeah, even just like talking it out sometimes, you're like, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. Why was I thinking that I couldn't apply for that job? You know, I do. I do have the qualifications. Right. It's crazy. Right? So it's, it's just that. It's just getting more perspective, a different perspective and reframing things sometimes, you know? I know a lot of coaches that have coaches, and um, mm-hmm. I, they find that very helpful. Uh, and yeah. it's so great that, you know, we share uh, a real common interest in that and a common passion for, for coaching people. Um, mm. I shared on the, on the program 
I think it was, yeah, it was uh, two weeks ago with Jeannie that in uh, my full-time job, uh, I'm uh, working with somebody right now and trying to help them uh, through some, some things that are going on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with them to kind of uh, change their, you know, get their performance level back on track because they had gone through a, a uh, some things and kind of hit a couple of bumps in the road. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been working with them and to see the progress is really interesting and to take them through, uh, you know, different steps, very forward thinking. Mm. And this person has said to me, Oh, you know, everyone asked me about what went wrong, you know, what went wrong or what happened that, you know, you were a top performer at one point. Now you're not anymore. Mm. And I tend mm-hmm. to ask them, well, what did you do? Right. What did, you, mm. what did you do that in this situation when, when, you, when you did X, Y, or Z, how did you close that sale? All right, how yeah. can we take what you did in that situation and use it today? And he's like, wow, I love that yeah. you took what I did and we're talking about the future. So it's not looking back. It's not what went wrong. It's what, can, what positive attributes do I have? What strengths do I have to yeah. get myself back on track? Yeah, the whole Absolutely. Absolutely. So Reframing couple, everything is so important. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, the reframe is, is great. Uh, we're at the mm-hmm. point of the show, the common ground uh, piece. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes we're here at this point. We ha- had a couple, couple of hiccups, as we know. So it's okay. <laughs> we're here now. We we've here. been here. We've been later on other shows getting to this point. So, cause we've had different <laughs> questions. We've had callers, we've had situations. Here we are right. at the common ground piece, the last segment of our show. How do we find mm-hmm. common ground to help people take constructive first steps towards yeah. more authentic communication patterns as we've talked about throughout the program here tonight with their family, their friends, their coworkers, a manager, a supervisor, and moving them beyond the societal, the cultural, the gender preconceptions that exist. So what's a good first step? This is like aim smart. What is the what yeah. is like a first step or first concrete step that they could take to do that? Yeah, well I think um, I have I have three things that I would I would I would suggest uh, leaving this off is the very first thing is um, listening. You know, and this is active listening. So um, this is not listening when, you know, you can tell when you've, you're talking to someone and they're in their heads already making up an argument to talk back, right? So this is like actually mm-hmm. listening and not answering, right? And then the second step is if you heard something from that conversation that you didn't agree with or it didn't sit well with you or whatever, instead of doing what you would normally do is you clarify, so what you mean to say is yada, 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 yada. And then the other person could be like, not at all what I meant to say, buddy. Right. And then the third <laughs> thing is, <laughs> and then the third thing would be to empathize, like having relationships, whether it is with your mailman, your concierge, your, the teacher, your, 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 your coach, your family, your, your spouse, it's about empathy. Where is this coming? This person coming from today? How bad of a day was this person having? Doesn't mean that they can't be empathetic towards me. No, but I want to I, being the bigger person, right? So being able to understand 
where they're coming from. It doesn't mean that they, if they're mad and they had a bad day, they can yell at you and you have to be understanding. But that's when you go to clarify, oh, so by having a bad day, you think it's okay to yell at me. And nine times out of ten, they'll be like, no, you're right, I'm sorry. Right? Mm-hmm. So listen, mm-hmm. clarify, and empathize. And honestly, that will get you really far, really, really, really far. I hope my husband's that not is listening right now answer. because he'd be like, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, right. He'll, he'll call in. Yeah. He'll call in. I have, I have a that question. Could be, that could get really interesting. That's, you got to tell me uh, what number I have to block. Oh, boy. Oh, my uh, goodness. That was a, that actually was, in all seriousness, a very good answer. Now, um, oh, thank you. We do have an email question here, uh, okay. which I thought was, was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And the question is, uh, what is One Woman Canada and do – do you, meaning does Nadia, or asking me, know if there is an equivalent in the United States? So that's the question. I don't know if you know how to answer. I know you know the first part. Yeah. At least I would hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, part, You know, I don't know. Yeah, so one woman, uh, it's onewoman.ca, if you want to look into it. Um, and what it is, it was actually started by one woman, Sharla Brown, uh, who uh, wanted to basically set up stage uh, for for women and giving them a voice um, to tell their stories. Uh, so they have, uh, they're called Fearless Summit, um, and I'm going to be taking part of it uh, in Toronto in July 13th. They're here in Toronto. So you can sign up. You can reach them at onewoman.ca and uh, reach out to them. Um, they actually, I think this was the very first year that they expanded, it, expanded the summit to uh, various uh, U.S. cities. Because last year I went to the one in Winnipeg and I would think that, I don't know, maybe it was like 60% of the speakers were American. And they had traveled to Winnipeg, little Winnipeg. Most people don't even know where Winnipeg is. It's in the prairies. Winnipeg. In the middle of Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. To come and speak. Yes. Uh, so uh, definitely check them out. There are definitely uh, summits that are happening in all cities. I can't think of a city at the moment because it's like basically a tour. Um, And they have one as a keynote speaker. I forget her name, but she's one of the girls uh, on Oprah, uh, one of the girls in her academy. So she's just basically a motivational speaker. Um, So, yes, look them up and uh, tell them that Nadia said hi. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Do you know if there's an equivalent in the U.S.? Not to that. There is is no U.S. equivalent, but they have extended their tour to U.S. cities. So you can you can go and you can go you can go in and check out the the list of cities. Um, I'm pretty sure New York would be on it. It's a pretty major city. Um, Find out when their summit is and you can get tickets to either go um, hear the speakers, participate in the summit or um, sign up if you like to speak yourself. And um, depending on what it is and there's spots and they might let you do that. So, yeah. So does that answer the question? Thank you for answering that question. Yeah. And thank you uh, for the listener for participating and asking about that and for our Canadian listeners, because I know there's a lot and I'm really Mm -hmm. blessed to have a lot of Canadian listeners for our Canadian listeners. That's also very helpful information. And if you're in Toronto in July, 
uh, please check that out. Please check out the site. So, Nadia, yeah. we've come to the end of our road here, and I want to give you, you know, a couple minutes to talk about your coaching practice, uh, Nadia Tenorio Coaching Solutions, and uh, anything that you may have going on, you know, an upcoming event, an, off, uh, an offer mm-hmm. for the listeners, whatever you have uh, mm-hmm. going on uh, right now, the, and, and how a listener could contact you. That would all be very, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for having me on the show. And yeah, my my practice is called Nadia Tenorio. Well, it's NT because a lot of people don't know how to spell Tenorio. Uh, So it's ntcoachingsolutions.com. And please feel free to check it out. Um, If you click subscribe on it, I'd be happy to put you on my mailing list. So whenever I have upcoming um, events, or uh, even newsletters with some very, you know, little nuggets of information here and there. Um, I have a blog on my website, too, so I'd be happy to share that with you. Um, in terms of things that are coming up, I'm, I'm formulating a, a program at the moment, uh, a leadership program. So um, if you would like some information on that, uh, please do subscribe to my, uh, my list and I'd be happy to get you that information. Just let me know that uh, you heard me on this show so then I can, I know exactly where you're coming from. I love knowing where you're coming from, like how you heard about me and exactly, and you know, how, how we, how we're connected. And then July 13th. So if you are in Toronto, um, I am speaking at the one woman summit and my, uh, my uh, my little bitch will be on uh, the art of prioritizing. Uh, so time management skills, which is something that I that I love and I'm passionate about talking as well. So yeah, and that's me. So it's ntcoachingsolutions.com. Uh, my email is on there, and I'm happy to talk to everyone and anyone who has any questions about anything. Really, one of the biggest things that I love about coaching is connecting to people. So if you just want to say hi. Say hi. I love saying hi. I love just like even just a quick chat on whatever. It's fine. I People are like, I don't want to waste your time. You're not wasting my time. That's my job. I want to hear about you. So please go ahead and do that if you can. And thanks, Frank, for having me on the, the show. This is fantastic. Absolutely. And the blog, did you want to hit, hit up your blog too or is that on the same site? <laughs> It's on it's on the website. So it's one of the uh, it's one of the uh, what do you call the tabs on the website? So if you're interested in yeah, one of the tabs on there. Yeah. Yeah, check out the yeah. site. And like Nadia said, you know, we care. We're here to listen. It's not like, hey, I don't want to take up your time. This is what we do, mm-hmm. and uh, we're here for for people. We you get into this because you care about people. Um, That's right. Nadia, thank you so much for being on. I, I really appreciate it. It was a blessing. It was a great experience. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And uh, I really Aww. appreciate you coming on. I've, I really appreciate it's, you taking uh, the taking the time to be here. Absolutely. It was absolutely, it was a pleasure. I was so excited. I'm so, so excited. I'm elated right now. I feel like I can go clubbing, but I won't because it's, uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday. <laughs> Um, I'm so excited. It's always uh, nice. so much fun to talk to you, Frank. So have a good night and uh, God bless, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. God bless you. Okay. Bye bye. All right. So I got to do a couple things. Thank you, Nadia. Okay. Bye. I got to do a couple things to uh, close out the show here tonight. Replenish Me. That's Replenish Me. Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday, the 22nd of May, one week from tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach Radio Network, Money Magic, Golcon, second and fourth Tuesdays of the month at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. 
Erica Widerlight, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach chat channel. Check out WeTheLight.com, her website. And Holy Shift, that's Holy Shift, like an energy shift. Barb Heenan and Leslie Pichotti are your hosts. Wednesday, June the 5th, that's three weeks from now, because they're first and third Wednesday in the month, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Holy Shift, Barb Heenan and Leslie, Wednesday, June the 5th, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, and that's a great segue to my next show, because we're three weeks till my next show, because I'm the first and third Wednesday as well. June 5th, episode 47 of Undivided, Paul Silva is the guest, Paul Silva, the addiction divide. Paul's going to talk all about his testimony being addicted to both alcohol and drugs. It's going to be one of the most powerful episodes of this program in the history of the series of Undivided. And I hope that you can join me and Paul is open to giving his witness and his testimony. Audible.com is the sponsor of our program. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate locally or the poor zip code in your state to donate to people there. Uh, Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. That's Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org. I had mentioned it's uh, National Mental Illness Month. Please consider donating to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. That's www.nami.org, National Alliance for Mental Illness. That's NAMI.org. And then finally, MAP International, www.mapisinpeter.org, 800-225-8550. There's so many people hurting in this world. Yeah, I was talking to uh, another coach today who had just come back from the Caribbean, from Jamaica, and was saying the poverty, the extreme poverty, people bathing themselves in rainwater, people living in hovels because their homes were destroyed. We have to do something about that, and we can. We live here in North America. Some of us live in Western Europe, but listen to this show. Let's do something about that in the U.S., Canada, Western Europe, Central Europe, places where we have the means to help others. Let's please do that. And as far as the communication tonight, and I thank Nadia for coming on. She was such a well-prepared guest, and it was just so awesome to have her here on the program. Actively listen, clarify those intentions, and have empathy. Those are the three steps that I think are really important. You know, uh, take time to spend with your family. Break down preconceptions. You know, get around those insecurities. And when you're listening, when you're talking to someone, remember that we are all children of God. We are all brothers and sisters. We were all created by God for a purpose. And we all deserve that respect that goes along with that. So whether your culture taught you something differently, try and open your mind. Listen with empathy to another person. And, and that's how you'll effectively communicate by listening and instead of thinking about what you're going to say, by clarifying what somebody may have said to you and by having empathy for another person. And that's how we will live truly undivided. So my thanks to the audience. I thank you near and far for listening. For all my listeners in Canada, throughout the United States, throughout Western and Central Europe, and throughout the Middle East, and throughout the entire world, 
which I'm so blessed to have. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And I thank you to Nadia. Check out my practice and Nadia's practice. If we can help, Nadia gave her website earlier. Check out my practice, frankjamedarycoaching.com. Jump on Amazon. You know, I have a poetry book, and I have Reflections of Passion, a modern guide to the Stations of the Cross, both available at Amazon right now. And I want to thank all of you again for staying with us. I know we're a little late tonight, and I do appreciate that. Email me some feedback, undividedshow at gmail.com, or DM me at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. So we have a three-week break. I'll see you all again in three weeks with Paul Silva. As I said, that's going to be a very charged episode about addiction and the divides it causes, the stigma around it. So I look forward to connecting with the audience, with Paul, and bringing you a show. Because so many of us are touched by addiction on a personal level. They have a family member, a friend, coworker, boss, whatever. We've got history with it. We have history with it, and Paul is going to take you through and, and be a real message of hope for what he lived through and what he could testify to. So it's going to be a very emotional episode, very charged episode. It's June the 5th, live, 7 p.m. That will be the next episode, uh, episode 47. But for now, this has been Undivided, episode number 46, Barriers to Effective Communication with Nadia Tenorio. For Russ Terry, for Danica Treble. For all my fellow co-hosts here at the Life Coach Radio Network, I'm your host, Frank Javidari. I thank you all for listening. Until I connect with you again in three weeks on June the 5th with Paul Silva, as always, be blessed and be well.